0: If you undertake a study of the verses in the Bible that talk about marriage, you may be surprised in Deuteronomy 24 to see that Moses commanded the Israelites whom he was leading in divorce. But did he? Did he command them to do it? That's the topic that Jesus deals with in Matthew 19 verses 7 and 8, and we're going to take a look at those today. Let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey everybody, I'm Nate Warnock, and as you can see, my lovely better half is not with me tonight. So, by way of a little inside baseball, Andrea and I usually tape on Sunday nights, which is what it is uh, tonight, and typically we tape... Both our Marriage Monday and our Family Friday back to back, and then I edit them and get them posted up, and they come out when they come out that next week. Well, Andrea disappeared up to uh, our bedroom to put Easton, uh, the baby, to bed, and that was the last I saw of her. Until about uh, 15 minutes ago, I went up there to see what she was doing, and she is passed out asleep snuggling the baby in our bed and I just couldn't bring myself to wake her uh, and potentially the baby uh, to get her to come down here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump in this week and just share a little bit on uh matthew chapter 19 verses 7 and 8 so if this is your first time joining us uh, we're in season three of the marriage by design podcast and uh this season and and probably uh, for some time moving forward we're taking a look at all the passages in the bible that deal with the topic of marriage this channel is one that's dedicated to understanding what was god's design for marriage and how can we better live that out in our own marriages, whether it's you're dating and considering marriage or engaged, preparing for marriage or or in fact marriage yourself. And within that marriage, whether you're happily married on top of the world, whether your marriage is in shambles, I want you to know the Lord is here for you and he's for your marriage. And as the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So that's really what We want is to offer hope and help you understand that God is for your marriage. And it's not every week that we get to actually talk about God being for your marriage with his words in the Bible, actually quoting him. But that's what we're going to do today in the form of Jesus Christ, who in Matthew 19, which is sort of our subject uh, passage the last few weeks as we've taken a look at this, is dealing with the Pharisees who have approached him and tried to trap him and they've tried to trap him with the topic of divorce and I'll post up some links to to for you to be able to check out our previous episodes so I don't have to to rehash all of those uh, since we have videos dedicated to those first verses but where we are now is in verse 7 and we're going to take verse 7 and verse 8 as a couple and consider those tonight and this is what it says so it says in Matthew chapter 19 verse 7 says, they said to him, now they are these Pharisees that are testing and and lawyers, the religious lawyers that are testing Jesus. And it says, they said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? Now, when you first read that, maybe your first mindset, knowing the Pharisees, or maybe you've studied them in the past is to go, well, they're probably lying. But if you look in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 24, you will find that in fact there is a passage in concession for divorce. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and read that now since these Pharisees brought it up. So here's what it says. Again, that's Deuteronomy chapter 24, the first portion of it, uh, verses 1 through 4. So here's what it says. The the topic, which of course didn't exist when the Bible was originally written, but is put in for our benefit, say laws concerning divorce. When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her and he writes her a certificate of divorce, and puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house or if the latter man dies who took her to be his wife then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled for that's an abomination before the lord and you shall not bring sin upon the land that the lord your god is giving you for an inheritance so there's a lot in that chapter uh, and we will come back to that here in a moment but i want to go back and just deal with our subject verses and then we'll then we'll bounce around a little bit to to chat this through so again verse seven says they said to him why it going back to matthew 19 why then did moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away and jesus said to them because of your hardness of heart moses allowed you to divorce your wives but from the beginning it was not so so we need to take a look at what the pharisees asked first of all so the pharisees Ask Jesus in verse 7, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? I want us to take something away from that question. Because uh, as you saw from Jesus' answer, and as I hope you saw from <clears throat> when from when I actually read the laws concerning divorce in chapter 24 of Deuteronomy, Moses never gave any such command. Right? A command is uh, an, a matter of obedience. You will do this. That portion with regards to divorce, well, let's just look at it and, and decide for ourselves. So a command, again, is a directive, right? You will do this, and this is how you will do it. But if we look at the structure of the passage in Deuteronomy 24, well, let's just take a look. It says, When a man finds when a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes, because he has found some indecency in her and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand And sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house, and if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her, and writes her a certificate of divorce, and puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house, or if the latter man dies, who took her to be his wife, then her former husband, who has sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. At no point in there is a directive to get divorced. All of these ands, and I was stressing them, and, 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 and. These are all conditions precedent, right? So uh, we all know that there there's statements that exist called if-then statements. If you enter into my home, then I might shoot you, right? If you jump off the roof of your house, then gravity is going to take over and you're going to hit the ground hard. Right, we, we kind of just instinctively as we grow up understand how if-then statements work. That's what's going on here. <clears throat> he's saying if this happens and this and this and this and this and this and this and this, then. Right. And really the if-then he's setting up, the divorce is just simply a part of that if-then. Now, a clever linguist might look at this and go, Well, right, but because divorce is part of those if-then's Clearly, Moses commanded divorce. Well, I think Jesus' response to this is really the one that we want to key in on. Because what Jesus responded with is, in verse 8 of Matthew 19, is Jesus said to them, "...because of the hardness of your heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives." but from the beginning it was not so. I want to point out something about the difference between the pharisees' question and Moses and Jesus answer that is important for us to understand. So often the the devil in our lives, right? The the temptation in our lives uh presents something as a command or sorry, presents something and just twists the language just a little bit, right? Uh well, what, what God really wants is for you to be happy, right? God does have desires for you. Uh, and in fact, God does desire something for your life. But what he desires is joy in who he is, not happiness. See how that little bit of twist uh, changes everything, right? When the Pharisees ask Jesus, they say, well, then why did Moses command people to divorce? That command that we just read in Deuteronomy 24, the divorce is one of those conditions president. right? It's not that, that he was commanding the divorce. It was when a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her. And he writes her a certificate of divorce. See, that's an, that's an addition to the if part of the if then statement. And this, you may be listening to this going, man, there's a lot of English and logic talk going on right now. Well, I just want you to recognize this is important because the Pharisees are trying to create the case that, hey, Moses, and again, this is to Jesus. Hey, Moses, who is like the founder of Judaism, one of them, a a, a prophet, a leader of the Israelites, um, not a founder, but a pillar of Judaism, he commanded people to get divorced. But the reality of the matter is he didn't. And frankly, even if Moses had, it's clear in that Deuteronomy 24, God's not anywhere in that. The only part that where God even comes up is at the end when he gets through the end of all what you and I would consider craziness, right? Guy marries a girl. For whatever reason, which we know from our study of Matthew 19 could have been as simple as her burning his lunch, Uh, he decides I won't be with this girl anymore. And now there's all these conditions, gives her a certificate of divorce, tells her to get out. She actually gets out. She marries another one. That guy either divorces her or dies. Now can she go back to the first guy? The answer is no. And it's only then that God even comes up at all, and it's just to say, no, she can't go back because that's an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Nowhere in there is any indication that Moses commanded divorce, and there certainly is nothing in there that indicates that God was cool with that. And in fact, Jesus, as we see in his response in verse 8 of Matthew 19, it's clear he's not. Because Jesus, certainly man, fully man, but also fully God, part of the Trinity, right? God, the Son, Jesus Christ. He's here talking, and what he says in response to them is, because of your hardness of hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. What's Moses saying? He's saying, you know why, what's Jesus saying? You know why Moses had to allow divorce? Because you wouldn't submit your heart to the Lord. That's why. So you may be looking at that going, well, that doesn't make any sense. What difference does that make? Well, here's why. At the time, and I'm addressing those specifically that say that the Bible is misogynistic. This is in direct refutation of that. At the time, if you were a woman, you basically had no rights. You were essentially similar to property. Now, you might be going, yeah, see, I told you. Right. Right. But that wasn't just the case with Israel; that was the case everywhere, right? Women were essentially property to be uh, married, owned, procreated with by men, but essentially had no right, no rights, not in Israel but everywhere. So Jesus is actually, or God is actually countercultural here with Moses because these women, these guys, were going, "I don't really want to be with you anymore," and they were moving on to the next girl, and that woman was just stuck. Right, No one else could marry her if another man found her beautiful and wanted to pursue her and and marry her and take care of her. He couldn't because she's married to that guy who's now sleeping with the third, fourth, or fifth girl. So she was just stuck in limbo where she couldn't make a living. She couldn't uh, remarry someone who would take care of her the way she deserved to be taken care of because she was married to some yahoo that was just doing whatever over there. So what did happen is the israelites moses allowed for a certificate of divorce not as a um wink and a nod to divorce as a thing but as a way of allowing other guys and society to understand who was being provided for and who wasn't because this woman over here whose husband had clearly moved on from her she now had a Writ of divorce, a certificate of divorce, right? Because that was one of the conditions precedent in Deuteronomy 24 that he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand, right? So she's holding it. So she's able to go to, say, another man that she meets that is interested in marrying her and caring for her and the children. She's able to go, nope, see, I have this writ of divorce from my ex husband telling you that it's okay for us to be together and that he's moved on from me. It wasn't a um an allowance of divorce, it was a provision for the innocent among them who were being taken advantage of by these men. And when I say taken advantage of, I mean it that way because what Jesus is telling these Pharisees in here is that uh, the reason why Moses had to allow for that all this context I just gave you about Israel what's that really boiled down to well I mean I don't know how you can say it boils down to anything other than the hardness of men's hearts towards one their wives but more importantly God's plan for marriage and you can't really say they didn't know God's plan for marriage because all of these I mean Moses wrote Genesis Moses wrote it so when we look at Genesis 1 and 2, where God sets up the plan for marriage, Moses knew that because Moses was the one that recorded it. So to be able to look at that and go, and Jesus tell the Pharisees, no, it's the hardness of your hearts. That's the reason why Moses allowed for divorce. This is a principle that Andrew and I, uh, unfortunately, are having to get embraced more and more. And that's, There's so much in life that feels gray, right? Feels weird. Feels like, Lord, man, I wish you would have addressed this. And what we're beginning to realize is that so often the answer to that is that the Lord did address it. And the address was, uh, children, please don't do this. But then when we do it, now it gets weird, right? Uh, You know man, I don't know how to handle this situation where a friend of mine is claiming the homosexual lifestyle and now he's engaged to another man and he's wanting me to be involved in their wedding. And I don't understand. Lord, I know you want me to be graceful and pursue them and and, and be able to speak truth into their lives, but I don't really feel comfortable about going to a wedding ceremony celebrating a marriage that I believe is an abomination before you. But also, I know you want me to love the sinner, but hate the sin. And I don't know what to do. Lord, why didn't you address this in the Bible? And the answer is, well, I did. I I, I asked your friend to not. Just to not. But when we choose to walk in sin, it makes everything weird. Because we're now outside the plan. God's word is the plan. Right, Marriage by design, we call it that because God has a plan. And once we're outside that plan, how can we expect for things to not get weird? Because we've abandoned the plan. Uh, And that's what Jesus is saying here is Moses didn't command divorce. Moses allowed divorce because stuff got weird right dudes were running around pursuing other women leaving these women they had committed their lives to to fend for themselves but these women had no way to fend for themselves because they couldn't remarry because their status was currently married and they couldn't work because that wasn't a thing so they're just stuck and so Moses allowed for certificates of divorce as a way of hopefully allowing these women to find someone that would love them and care for them the way that they had been committed to and the way that they deserved. That's why it was allowed. And so Jesus now he's going to say, Hey, it was because of the hardness of your hearts. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives and here's the real kicker. And this is the one that needs to hit home for each and every one of us. But from the beginning, it was not so. The reality of the matter, everybody, is that God had a plan for marriage. The plan was a covenant relationship between one man and one woman for the entirety of their natural lives. That's the plan. When we get outside of that plan, stuff gets weird. And I know because Andrea and I have the opportunity to talk to so many that are struggling with this idea of, Lord, I'm in a marriage I don't want to be in. I'm married to someone I don't love. Nathan, I don't, that doesn't seem right that God would force me to be in this. Let me just encourage you. That's the hardness of your heart speaking. That's exactly what Moses is, or what Jesus is talking about here. Because hardness of your heart, that's really a fancy way of saying, um, rejecting the truth that God gives us in his word. And what's that truth say? It says, I have a plan. I have a plan for your marriage. I'm, I God, the creator God, am for your marriage. Trust me. Trust me and love this woman that you think is unlovable. Trust me and respect this man that you think is unrespectable. Trust me. I'm for your marriage. And if I'm for your marriage, who can oppose it? But you have to trust me. Let me handle the plan You handle just walking in the truth of my word. But when we harden our hearts towards that, either because we don't want the Lord to work or we don't think he can work, things are going to get weird. In your relationship with your wife or your husband, your relationship with your kids, you're going to start having to rely on your own understanding because the Lord's just simply not going to condone you doing what you want to do. He's answered it. Right? He's answered it. It doesn't matter that, well, I, didn't, I feel like I shouldn't have married. I know, but you did. You did. And so now you're in a covenant relationship with this woman or this man. And my question for you is, what's the hardness of your heart? Are you going to harden your heart toward the truth of the Lord? Are you going to go down the road of, look, you know, God's a God of forgiveness. He'll understand. will understand. Dangerous road to walk down. I mean, you're, you're pitting yourself as an enemy of the Lord with regards to marriage. That's what you're saying. He had a plan. He's the sovereign creator God, and you're opposed to it because you don't like it. And I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, be mean. I just, sometimes I feel like there's someone out there that just needs to hear it. And this might be the only video that you watch or the only podcast that you listen to. And uh, I'm just trusting the Holy spirit for that to make it to whoever it needs to make it to. But I just want to tell you that uh, if, if this is a guy watching this, I respect you, but you need to know what the truth is because you're making your decision on uh, your own understanding because God's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to allow you. So if you're sitting in your quiet time and you feel like, you know what? I feel like the Lord's got something better for me out there. Besides my wife, you're lying to yourself. That's not of the Lord. The Lord desires that you would soften your heart towards Him, allow Him to work in your marriage, and uh, and He'll put it together. Not not so you can boast, because it's not going to be you. It's going to be Him, and and that's really the hope. If you're a, a man or a woman, and you're sitting out there and going, "Man, I, I, okay, maybe I can maybe I can try and just trust the Lord," but but Nathan, I don't even want to be in the marriage that I'm in. <coughs> Let me just tell you you don't even know what the marriage that the Lord's going to give you looks like. Cause here's the great thing about, about our Lord. He's not really in the habit of fixing broken stuff. He's in the habit of taking broken stuff, destroying it and, and, and building something new in its place, right? When we come to saving faith, we kill our flesh and we're risen in our spirit, right? We're a new creation. That's what the Bible teaches. God doesn't take, Broken stuff and make it a little bit better. So, this marriage that you have that you don't want to be in, here's the good news God doesn't want you to be in it either. He wants you to be in the new marriage to that same man or that same woman that He's going to create as you humble yourself before Him and allow Him to do His work in your relationship. Because from the beginning, that's the way it was. From the very beginning, that was God's design for marriage. That was the design. And if you just trust Him with your marriage, that's what he's going to give you, because that's the design. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, sometimes, particularly when Andrea's not here to mellow me out a little bit, I can get a little uh, on a, a little uh, passionate about this. But it's because, man, by Genesis two, the Lord's giving us marriage, and so many of us are walking around damaged goods with damaged marriages, and I think it breaks the Lord's heart because He wants us to have a marriage by his design and if we trust him he'll show up and he will deliver you that marriage will it be perfect no because you're you're sinful human beings Andrew and my marriage isn't perfect we're sinful human beings but it is absolutely over the moon more than i ever thought that i would have with her because god is for our marriage guys i really appreciate you being here i hope that you guys have a great week If you have comments this video, uh, even if it's just, hey, uh, your videos are better when Andrea's there, uh, send that comment to me. I'll be happy to like it and tell you you're exactly right. Uh, She is, but uh, I'm glad she's getting to snuggle the baby a little bit. So if you would want to leave me a comment, leave it in YouTube. If you want to go over to our Facebook page, uh, leave us some comments there. We'd love to read those there as well. Otherwise, uh, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate you being here. And remember, God is for your marriage. Have a great week.